You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curbison. Join us, Reed Bacon. We have another great one today. We are breaking down some of our favorite plays and favorite play calls from the pit game this past year. We're going to do a little series to this of some of the biggest games over the 2022 season. And man, is it exciting. Man, is it fun for us to go back and look. And maybe you guys learn a little bit of something from these play calls. But before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. If you're just listening, uh, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all those listening platforms. You can also follow us on social media. Uh, for our main accounts on Twitter, we have at Pancakes and Bacon. On Instagram, it's at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI. Uh, so follow us on both of those. For Reed, you can follow him, him on Twitter at rbacon26. And then you can follow myself on all social medias at Kyler Kerbison. Um, But yeah, let's jump on into this uh, really fun podcast. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, have a great podcast. I'm going to say it because I am very excited about this. I love re-watching games. I feel like I pick up a lot of different stuff. So today, we are going over our favorite plays and our favorite play calls from the pit game this past year. We're going to do a bunch more. Um, but first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Hey, brother. I'm doing great. Happy Mother's Day to all uh, all the moms out there or mother figures. You know, there's. Uh, I'm so, so lucky to have um, two awesome parents. My mom is I'm 32 years old. My mom is still one of my best friends. She's my security blanket. Um, she means so much to me. So I'm so fortunate for that. Uh, but, but then like I have, you know, a great, you know, my aunt is, has always been great to me, like a mother figure. I've had friends, moms who have always been yeah. great to me growing up. I've had great grandparents. I've had, I had a, my mom's aunt who I just called her aunt Mary, but she was a great aunt to me, but she was like another grandmother to me growing up. I've been so fortunate uh, with just people like that in my life. So shout out to all the moms. And, um, you know, I know you echo that as well. Yeah, definitely. Happy Mother's Day to everybody recording on today. Um, make sure and call your mom. I know some people yes. might not call their moms quite enough or talk to them. So make sure and do that. Um, but yes, very good sentiment to start the podcast. Those those commercials were so true about how moms always call it the worst times. You know, they always call it the worst times, but you know what? Even in my mom has a bad habit of repeating stuff over and over again. I just sit there and listen or make fun of her and we get a good laugh out of it. So there you go. Uh, yes, uh. I'm very excited for this pod. Uh, I do love breaking down the films and, and, and all that stuff. So our three favorite plays, three favorite play calls watching this, Kyler. Uh, we're, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Yeah, let's, let's start, because I know you want to talk about some other things before we got into the pit game. Yes. 
how about we start on those things? So one of them being a few guys transferring out from the basketball team. Well, we just we well one thing I was going to tie it into is watching this pit game when people want to get mad at our defense, and then one of the things we're going to very hit on briefly is during the big words uh, caravan that you know they go around all the major cities in Tennessee is how it's come out that Josh Heupel um, said that we're going to play elite defense and. Yeah. I'm going to dive into this on another podcast later on. I might just do it on my own and put it out just because I, I, fir I firmly believe that. Matter of fact, I forgot to say this. He was at Mass today. It was, there was, there was, uh, we had, you know, Dane Bradshaw was there. I, I never seen Dane at Sacred Heart before, but he was there. It's a good looking man, by the way. He is, he is, he's been nice looking and he's aged well, but Big Daddy Hyper was in there and Mass All today. Right, tuck it in, Marie. Jeez. <laughs> And then uh, Big Daddy Coach Heupel was there today, so it was great to see him. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I firmly believe, and I'll explain my reasons of why I think that we can and, and we will play elite defense. Maybe not next year. I think we'll be good at defense next year, uh, but I'll, mm. I'll explain where I think that we can get to elite. So that's a little foreshadowing. But we've just – we had a couple people uh, – hit us up on the Twitter machine about some of these players. I'm not going to even talk about any of the players that have come in because I have not watched yeah. any of them. I basically looked at their sizes, where they're coming from and their stats, uh, meaning what they've averaged per, per game and all that stuff. I'm not even going to get excited. Those basketball season for me, Kyler is so far away that it's just in the back. Yeah. It, it, it's in the back burner. And I got really, and I'm not saying that he wasn't good, but I got so excited about Tyreek Key because watching some of his highlights and then when you and I and Santi were all talking at the Florida game and Santi's like, bro, this guy's a walking bucket. I'm like, okay, yeah. this, is a guy, this is a guy on the team who's a good player. I'm going to respect his opinion. And it never panned out like I hoped. So I'm not going to get excited for those guys probably not until damn next January, you know, after I've watched I, some. I, yeah, I completely agree. After Christmas. After yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I've got a, I've got a summer to enjoy – I've got a fall camp to go to. Uh, I have, you know, football season to enjoy. I can't, I can't. And then, then you Dude, want to I'll, talk about. I'll tell you yeah. what, whenever the new playoff system starts, that the, the, the championship, I mean, it's not till end of January. Like basketball is going to suffer because of that. Yeah. It, but, you know, listen, college basketball has a great product. I mean, by the time, by the time end of February and March rolls around, everyone's locked in and getting fired up. So listen, but that, they'll have its time to place. I couldn't care about that right now. Now the other stuff is maybe people are more worried about is Julian Phillips. You know, he's entering the portal, but he's also maybe looking to go pro. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, uh, best of luck to him. Um, you know, I whether he goes pro or whether he goes somewhere else. I mean, hopefully, if I'm being selfish, I hope he just goes pro because I don't want to see him go somewhere else and succeed. It kind of stinks when that happens. Yeah. Um, BJ Edwards, who's a Knoxville Catholic guy. You know, I had not been to Catholic for a basketball game in years. I'm talking eight, nine, ten years until, I guess, two years ago when I went and I wanted to go see BJ and Blue Kane in person. Uh, Blue was a, yeah. Blue Kane was a junior and BJ was a senior. And I was impressed with BJ. I thought he was good. I thought Blue Kane was better um, because of his mid-range – you know, BJ could get to the rack. He's so gifted and all that stuff. But, like, for me, uh, I want someone that can put it in the hoop at all three levels. Um, yeah. And so, 
BJ did I if you remember what I said on this podcast, he did what I thought he would do as a freshman, like play a little bit, but I knew he had some ways to go. And yeah, we talked about it multiple times of just like uh, he's not quite there yet. Like he right. like obvious, like he's not quite there yet because the dire need of a point guard that we had and BJ couldn't be found. It was like, oh, I guess he's just it's not transitioning right now. So like whenever he entered the portal, my thought process is like, I mean, yeah, I would have liked to keep him there. He's an actual Catholic guy like my pride as like a hometown kid would have liked to keep him there. But I mean, none of these guys leaving. I'm like, ah, here we go. Pack it up. Season's over. Like nothing's going to, you know, we're not going to be able to compete. Like it's just like, it's okay. And you know, the other thing is too, and that's not a knock on him. He could go somewhere and be really good. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but like, I'm not going to get worried that he's leaving because he didn't show me anything last year as a freshman. And, and like I said, that's not a knock on him. I think, in, in, in especially especially college basketball, we've talked all the time, you are, if you're expecting, he wasn't a five-star, but if you're a five-star, you were thought that if you don't come in and do what Brandon Miller at Alabama did, then you're a bust. That, that's that's not fair to these no. kids, but that's, that's what happened, you know, when 10 years ago when the one-and-done thing came around, everyone thought, hey, you're supposed to go – average 18 and eight a game and then go be a, a first rounder in the NBA. That yeah. it's more, it's more rare than you think that they actually pan out that well, like pan out that way. You know, we've had Scotty, we've had Tobias, we've had triple J, you know, I would say Kenny Chandler's really the only one that panned out. I, for me, the way I thought he would, I mean, Tobias was really good in his own way. He left and uh, has been really good in the NBA. And he was like, you know, a first rounder, but he didn't necessarily come in at UT and take over. Um, no. you know, we Keith, needed other guys on the team. It wasn't just him. Right. And then Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson, um, good for them. They left, they, but you know, but they were five stars that were fine at UT, but they didn't take, I mean, hell, they got knocked out in the first round to that Oregon state team. So, um, yeah, Kennedy won damn SEC MVP. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Kenneth, who did you say? Kenny Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one. He's the one guy that I think came in and was like, "That that's a five star to me." And he did it even being a, a smaller guy. But yeah, to answer your guys' questions, uh, it doesn't bother me that these guys leave, and that's just because I could really care less about basketball right now. They'll they'll have their time and day, um, and it'll be six, seven, eight months from now. Yeah, well, I'm not so. worried about it. football, 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 football. <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. I think it also. I think it also too is just the whole Rick Barnes, how we play in March type deal. At least this year, I thought he did overachieve, and we had that great Duke win, which I'll remember forever. Uh, and then the Olivier Kumal thing is kind of weird. He entered the transfer portal pretty early, hasn't gone anywhere. But then UT basketball Twitter still sends stuff out about him. So that that whole thing's a little whatever. Yeah, so, it's strange. I I had a feeling. I remember after the last game because. I just played Duke, and he had an incredible game versus Duke. Fantastic. And then it was the next game, like, he barely got any shots. He, he didn't, like, play that much. Um, and I, I I was very confused by it and was like, he's probably pissed. Like, he has to be pissed that he didn't get the same opportunity from the game before. Um, and then I remember uh, – Seeing him when we went to a spring practice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And seeing him and some of the guys on the out. 
outside of the the uh, living quarters right there next to the football practice field. And I was like, man, like he doesn't look happy right now. I I I would not be surprised if he went into the transfer portal. So we'll see what happens. It, like well, you said, there hasn't been a definite. Well, the thing is, is after that awesome Duke game, I'm not saying he didn't get a bunch of shots. He just didn't. I, listen, I, it's basketball. I forget. I've slept since then. But it's not like he didn't have a chance to put his impact on the game. I just don't think he made anything or really took over a game. And that is a funny story, by the way, that we have not told on this. We went to spring practice. We walk out of spring practice. And as we're walking back to our car, Olivier is sitting there on his phone. Yeah, he did not look happy. And there was another player there with him. And, of course, all of a sudden, this uh, GMC terrain comes flying in, way, flying. Driving, way, driving way too fast and slamming on the brakes way too hard for being in a pop. It, a, that road is very small in between the living quarters and Anderson. It's not even a real road. Right, exactly. Good point. It's not a real road, and there's a ton of people around because they had a lot of recruits and their families in, and all of a sudden this GMC terrain comes flying in, slamming on the brakes, and you and I are like, who the hell is this dumbass driving like this? Like, this is so stupid. And no shocker to anyone, it was freaking Euros. And I looked at you, and I was like, this guy just <laughs> crawls all over my skin. I said, this guy is such a loser. And he had, like, the shades on and sitting back. And it was like, bro, get the fuck out of here. Like, And, I mean, this was days after their last game. Literally, like, three days, four days. Yeah, it was It was right after they lost. Um. But yeah, so I, I'm not worried. We'll we'll see what happens with them. Um, all right, let's talk about this pit game. So rewatching this, so many memories popped up in my head. Um, first, the fact that like this was the true test for this 2022 team. When I review, like going through this again, I'm like, oh man, dude, like the amount of plays and the amount of uh, things that happened in the game were so much a foreshadowing of what was going to happen later on in the season. It was so crazy to actually go back and watch. Um, and the fluctuation during this game, the ups and downs, like I just remember getting pissed off again and then being happy again, like pissed. It was it, it was like a roller coaster to watch it again. And then like you watch it again, you look back and you're like, oh, I see where this punt was going to get blocked. There's like two or three punts before that where the guy's scot-free, like right where it was going to get blocked. You know, you see the long throws that you're like, if only we can complete those. And then it's like, oh yeah, later on in the season, we complete almost every single one of them. Um and then, like, watching the second half, I got so frustrated because every play on offense, it was 10 guys doing exactly what they needed to and one dude missing it. One dude missing the block, one dude dropping the ball, one dude missing the read. And I was, it, that is the most aggravating thing as a fan and as a former player because that's all you have to do. It's like, you just, if you take care of you, and we all 11 do it, it's going to be real nice. But if one dude messes up, it just ruins everything. So, yeah, it's great to go back and watch. It's fantastic when you go back and watch and you've forgotten stuff. And so you have a 
uh, uh, a new re-sense of, of different things that maybe you've forgotten because we've watched so many other games since then. It's been so yeah. long. I mean, hell, it's middle of May, and this was happening in, what, September? Yeah. And so, but a couple of things. I was very emotionally charged in this game. I do remember that. I remember living and dying by, like, every play, which there's times where I go into a game and I'm really amped up. And so it's like, it'll be like a third and seven and they catch a pass and we slide in and make the tackle and stop them on third down. I'm like jumping up. I'm like, let's fucking go. Like I'm fired up. And then there's other games that I'm going into and I'm watching and I'm way more like, I'm kind of watching like as a coach or watching, like I'm watching film and something good will happen. I'm like, okay, nice, nice. Like let's keep, let's keep it going. And, and I think just, this game, the reason I was so in charge is because I, I felt like well, I really wanted the game because I was tired of Pat Narduzzi talking and playing all that stuff up. They had just beaten us last year. I knew how much it would mean to us on the trajectory of the season. And yeah. so I was really emotionally charged in this one. Um, and I do remember that. So I remember watching plays, and I remember how I reacted watching them outside because uh, my dad and I watched it outside underneath the balcony on the TV out there. And so it was just so funny reliving that. But, I, but I'll say this, and it ties me into what I was talking about, like where I believe Hyper when he says that we can play elite defense. This defense played unbelievable. This They, they, they might not have played elite defense, but damn it, it was really, really good to almost great. Now, you can say they gave up. You know, you can look back at the stats and say, oh, they gave up this many points or they gave up this many yards or whatever. That means you didn't watch the game, or that doesn't mean you don't you don't remember correctly, or you haven't, you know, you don't know football. But I mean, they had one of their longest plays, their one of their longest run plays is like seventy or eighty yards, and then mm -hmm. they had the other one where the uh, the tight end made an outstanding hurdle, and so it's like they got us on a couple of good plays where we had blitzed, and yeah, then everyone but, plays. exactly they they had yeah. some spot, and that and listen that ha that happens. I'm not I'm not saying I mean kudos to um to pit i mean but it was really good defense play in and play out except for a couple just a couple splash plays but the amount of times that the defense was put in terrible situations terrible. and they terrible situations and they either held them to zero points or three points was was fantastic and it made me it made me so like so much I was filled with so much pride how that, you know, you know I love defense. I, I'm a defensive guy at heart. You know, I I I would relish that opportunity if I, you know, as a player when it's like, hey, you know, I've always said goal line stands my favorite thing. They got one yard. They got one yard to go. Well, if you're giving me one yard to defend, you know, one inch, one blade of grass, whatever the little cliche is, that shit literally gets me hyped and gets me going. And I'm like, let's let's do this. And to watch what they did on all those short fields, it was awesome. And 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 the and, and some of the players that that I forgot about what, that we've kind of talked about that are going to be here next year, you know, we've we've mentioned how important Tyler Barron's going to be. He played a well of a game. Roman Harrison, we did not give him enough enough kudos talk going into next year. That boy is so good in his role, and I. And I don't mean that he's a role player. I mean, he's really good in his role. He's a good player. He played yeah. well this game. And I'm a little nervous that we're going to miss Jeremy Banks more than people think. Jeremy has had a very up and down um, career in the fact of how people look at him. 
you know, we get frustrated with him, the off the field stuff. Then he comes back and then we love him. And then all that stuff, the South Carolina week that everyone's talked about, and they want to blame him for, you know, losing a chance at the playoffs, whatever you're, 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 you're fine to feel whatever way you want. But that guy was a damn good football player for the university of Tennessee. And I just said, I just sat there and watched this game. Last year was pretty special year, Kyler, that team, that team, really was a damn good football team a damn good it's one of the best ut football teams i've watched in my entire life i, I really know, dude. I, well i'm getting even more excited for these games that we're gonna watch like i'm so excited to rewatch the florida game and the lsu game and bama game like going through the entire season again i mean i just i i remembered i was like bro you get caught so you get we get so caught up as fans in the week to week that it's like we win this game. We celebrate it on Saturday. We're almost as fans. Sometimes we're almost like we are players. It's like we celebrate on Saturday. We're fired up, and then we are. And then by like Tuesday or Monday of the next week, we're starting to get nervous. What's going to happen the next week? And we don't even really yeah. get to enjoy the win that we just had. But these guys, they all play hard. They play discipline. They play tough. I'm talking offense and defense now. I mean, there was a reason that the University of Tennessee was ranked number one last year and the first when when the when the polls first came out and i can tell you right now we play south carolina 10 times i think we beat them seven or eight but that that's sports they got us they played well they coached well that game is a great atmosphere and they beat yep. us sometimes the best team doesn't win every game but i'm gonna mm -hmm. tell you what tell you what they, they caught us but i would love to play georgia again multiple times i mean i know it didn't go well but i thought we played about as bad as we could have played and and it and it still never felt like we were outclassed. We, we've, as Tennessee fans, we've had our years of Butch and Dooley and Pruitt mm -hmm. going into the game knowing we're outclassed in every facet of the game. That Georgia game did not feel that way. So no. I just think we need to, I just think we need to remember this, this 2022 team of, they're a damn good football team. Very damn good football. Good. I mean, so close to being 11 and one. Um, and I, I completely agree with you. Like, you think back to like, we played Oregon. Those two times when we played Bama and they were winning championships, that kind of shit is like, oh, God, like there's not even a shot in hell. When you see um, Thomas, that punt returner for Oregon, just take it to the freaking house and you're like, oh, geez, like this ain't it. <laughs> like we're just not there. Like these guys aren't aren't prepared, aren't ready, nothing. And that Georgia game did not feel like that at all. Not at all. It, it, it not was at just, all. It just wasn't our day because there were missed opportunities, a lot of them. And we'll watch it again. We'll get to we'll get to point out these plays and these missed chances. But I completely agree with you. And I'm not going to be one of these homers that says, "Oh, we should have won the game." You're not going to hear me say that. I'm not going to say that at all. Georgia's fantastic, two-time national champs, back to back. Just put nine million guys in the NFL draft the past two two seasons. Every guy not, on their 2021 defense was drafted. It's it's insane, but that so is you're not gonna hear you're crazy not crazy for crazy any side of the ball on any team in the history of college football. Like that is insane. Yeah. It's it's bonkers. And that's why I'm saying I'm not gonna be homer and say, oh, we should have won that game. And if a Georgia fan comes up and like, oh, you're just a homer, you're this no, like I'm not saying we should have won the game, but I can promise you 
I would have loved to have played it again. And and I'm not even I, you're not going to hear me say that about games in the past. Like you said, no, I don't want to play Oregon again that same year. I don't want another shot at Alabama that year or whoever it was. So, man, it just gave me a great perspective of how impressive this team was last year and how much uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this upcoming year. But this this hey, coach speak here. This team is a whole new team and they got to re-earn it. And I'm excited to watch how they do. But I'm not going to be upset if it takes a small step back because of how good this past year's team was. Yeah. I will all be right, a let's, upset if we take a step back. But, yes, I understand I what you're saying. We, we all will be. But I'm just trying to put it in perspective. Yeah. All right. Favorite plays. Let's jump all into right. it. Go ahead. Um, you go so first. We each picked out three. You want to just go back and forth? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that we might be picking some of the same plays because we always end up doing that. We're not – we won't. You don't think so? Of the no. six that we're picking out, you don't think so? I, I know my three favorite plays from the game, and I'll be very surprised if you – well, no, there's one that you could pick, but I don't know – I don't think the other two you'll pick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I can start. And this, and this is no, this is no particular order for me. Like I'm not saying number one. These are just my three favorite plays from the game. Yeah, no particular order. Three, fa- three favorite plays. Um, I'll, I'll start. Uh, so one of mine, and there's a lot of reasons behind this, but the Trey Flowers sack in overtime on third down. So. It was the accumulation of everything that game. The fact that offense was struggling the entire game, the whole second half, it was bad. Then they come back, they finally score. Trey has had the most up and down game I've ever seen. They, They call for the blitz with him. Running back misses the block. Trey comes, gets the sack. You see Pat Narduzzi afterwards just defeated. It is... One of the greatest plays because the game's not technically over because they're still fourth down, but it's over. Um, and like the quarterback, I, like I, I'll rewatch it. I literally was like, this is like Kevin from the office when he brings in his chili and then he just like, huh, huh, and drops it and then it just like goes everywhere. And it's just the worst possible scenario is what that quarterback is going through. He just kept going backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards and finally sacked on the 30-yard line. Um, and, like, that was such an enjoyable play, like, my memory of it. And then re-watching it, it was just, like, laughing while I was watching it. I'm like, this is obviously one of my favorite plays because of the outcome of it, just how ridiculous he looked. The, the Pat Narduzzi just being absolutely defeated, head down, just hands on his knees, just like, oh. Uh, it was, yeah, that was, that was great. Cause it just brought me joy. Like it really brought me joy back to that moment. I, I, yeah, good pick, good pick. It was very, um, relieving as much as it could be relieving. Cause Tennessee fans, it's still fourth down. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to kind of tie it in to, Hey, as a Tennessee fan, we, we still get a little nervous. And that's why this play that I'm about to mention really helped set my nerves at ease. But right. it's the but it's one of my favorite plays was the 51-yard field goal from Chase to put us up 27 to 20 because that yeah. meant that meant okay. They we can't lose this game 20 uh 27 to 24. You know, it was we we if you remember on that drive we had a fourth down 
which mm -hmm. is a, one of, it was a great play. We went to said, we kept working it down. We got in field goal range a little bit closer and he hits it. And so it's the 51 yard field goal. Now it's eight minutes and 54, 58 seconds. Yeah. Eight minutes and 58 seconds to go on the fourth. And then Pitt yeah. basically takes the next drive and goes all the way down. Basically. Yeah. Cause all we got the ball back with two and some change. Right. So it was a great drive from them, but I remember sitting there and being like, please. And it was, like I said, it wasn't give me, it's 51 yards. And I'm sitting there, and he booms it. And you even see they pan Josh after he gets pretty fired up about a kick, and then Coach Eckler comes in and smacks him on the back. They they knew how important it was to go up seven. The because only points of the second half. It's it, – and then the only other thing I'm worried about when they're driving, I said, you know, for I'm like, okay, good. All they can do is tie us. We can go to overtime. And then they start getting closer and closer. I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, if Pat goes if Pat goes for two if they score. So it was like I I had I had some relief until until they started getting it. and I said, oh no, they might go for two. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. they go for two, if they go for two, I'm not going to be able to breathe for about 20 seconds as that play's going. Oh, I know. And 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 the thing about it was like as they were driving, and you talked about the defense. It wasn't like the guys were making bad plays. It was just like. Pitt was just hitting at the perfect spots and like what able yeah. to get like even the touchdown was incredible coverage. Like Burrell was all over, dude, and he just made an amazing catch. Warren Burrell like, God, I can't even like be mad right now. Warren Burrell and our defensive backs, they caught a lot of flack. And I know people can go back and say, well, our pass defense was ranked 127th out of 131 last year. Okay, that's fine. But I can also go and tell you that they made a lot of a lot of good plays, and I thought our DBs played really stinking well in this pit game. Even early on in the game, when they called PI on Tamarian McDonald when he was playing man coverage out of the slot, bullshit call, terrible call. He played that perfectly, and I, and you're right, Warren Burrell could not have played better coverage for them to still catch it. But Tennessee's defense lived in the backfield all day. They they made play after play, and like you said, when Pitt made a play, because they're good Division One scholarship players too, Tennessee yeah. was still in position. You just got to tip your cap and say, "Hey, you made a play." Yeah, um, this but is this, great. But, that, for... but that's 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 one of my favorite plays because it really helped my stress level go down. <laughs> yeah, this is great. It actually ties into another one of my favorite plays. So on that drive to get to the Chase McGrath field goal, we have a third and nine. Yep. Like 1345 left. Yep. Brew McCoy catches a little hitch. Wait, wait, wait. Is this is this one of your favorite plays? Yes. This is one of so my favorite is, plays. This is your second one. Yes. Okay. All right. So this, this is your one, second. This is one of my favorite plays because of everything that was in it. Yep. We had not scored a point in the second half. We could not move the ball. We were making many, many mistakes. It's third and nine. We are on our own 26-yard line. It looks like this is going to happen again. And we're not going to get the ball back. And they're going to be able to do what they want. And we're not going to get the opportunity. And Brew, one-on-one, -on -one, takes advantage of the, his opportunity and just says, no, 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 no. I'm not getting denied. I'm pushing you over. I'm staying in bounds. I'm getting this first down. You can't tell me that didn't affect the rest of the drive. I mean – Everybody on the sideline just gets freaking hype. You know, we end up converting on a fourth down later on. It was just like a, hey, guys, like, let's fucking make some plays here. Yeah. Like, let's not let them push us around. We can do this because 
it was a momentum shift in, I'm telling you, however, hour and a half of them not doing anything, literally nothing on offense. It, I felt like it was a momentum shift. It was also a very impressive play by everybody. Great pickup by the offensive line. Hendon, it wasn't even his first read. He looked over to the other side to throw to Hyatt, wasn't open, came back, Brew went towards the ball. He didn't let it come to him, which would have made a huge difference. He went towards the ball, got it, made that second effort, made that first down, and it led to the points that we needed to even win this game. So that was why it was one of my favorite plays. And there were some others that, you know, I saw it as like, here's tone setter plays here and there. Like honorable mention, Jalen Wright's run in the first yeah. quarter when yeah. he took it like 17 yards on a second 19. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. And he broke like four tackles. Like that was like, I wrote that down as like, Oh, maybe I might put this one in here because tone setting plays like that really make a difference. You, you remember when, when we were in high school, a guy that was in your grade, greater than me, Tyler Williamson, one of our good buddies, he would do tone setting plays two or three times a game. He come up and just absolutely demolish a running back, like lay him out, Murder. or cause Murder. a fumble, you know, Murder. or just just make a great scramble and run because he played quarterback too. You, when that stuff happens, it really does like flip a switch at everybody else. Like, why not? Let's fucking go. Like he just yeah. converted that third and nine on his own. Why can't everybody like everybody else step up? Everybody else be involved. So. That's why it was one of my favorites. Foreshadowing, it's one of my favorite play calls. And there and you, you go. And you say Hendon looked and it wasn't his first read. I think it was his first read. I think everything else that was happening on the right side of the field was window dressing, but we'll never know. I guess next mass I can ask Coach Heifel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> you just you just come up with an iPad. You're like, hey, um, so this one right here on this play, did I mean did, he could answer pretty quickly? I'm, I'm sure if I just asked him, I said, or I, yeah, I pulled the iPad up, he'd be like, Yeah, it was window dressing. It would take him like two seconds probably. You know, he doesn't have to even really watch it. Um, okay, for me, my second play, and this is just really comical, but for me, it was a part of that defense making a stand. So the defense had get, been given a short field earlier. They come on, they make a stop, and it's a missed field goal. This one is after the Jalen Wright fumble, and Pitts had the ball for a while. They're working their way down, working mm -hmm. their way down. And we get in, and they're, it's first and goal. And Byron Young says, I'm going to put the team on my back and I'm going to make the stop personally. It's it's uh, first and goal, 42 seconds left in the third quarter. Yeah. And B.Y. gets a tackle for a loss. He comes – He I, I don't know how it, it doesn't look like they don't even block him, but he comes right down. He goes, you know, outside the tackle, inside the, the tight end. They don't get a hand. He shoots down the line of scrimmage, grabs the, the running back and dumps his ass. And that is such a killer and a tone setter because if I'm a linebacker on that team or safety on that team, I said, man, let's fucking go. Like now yeah. it's second goal, but instead of second goal from the three, it's second and goal from like the eight or nine. That's a big, big deal. Now, honorable mention, second play, it's incomplete or whatever, and third down, BY goes out there and gets a sack. And so in two plays, he takes them from first and goal on like the one or two. Yep. To it now, it's where they got a field goal, and the field goal's, you know, thirty something yards, forty something yards compared to a chip in. And so 
that is the type of stuff that that's one of my favorite plays. Like you said, it's a tone setter, and it was a big damn deal because he he kept him from getting out of the end zone. Hey, talk about foreshadowing, like who Byron Young was going to be. Right. Byron Young had a damn good game that game. So did, the whole – the whole. I mean, him and freaking – and Tyler Barron just ate. But the rest of the D-line was great too. Dude, you can point out so many guys on there that just like absolutely – there was a play I almost put in too. It was right after a – uh, turnover on downs, I think, in the second half. And they, it was, you know, first and 10, Pitt ran the ball. Yeah. There were five was, dudes in the backfield. Yes. And, ty- yes. And then, I, cause I almost mentioned that one too. And we actually got so far upfield that he, he actually got to like the one or two. And then Jeremy Banks and one of the safeties absolutely yeah. deplete him. One of my other favorite plays that I, om- I almost put it on here until the kick happened. And I said, yeah, that's one of my favorite plays. It was another one you're talking about. Same thing, change it down. They hand it off, and they try to bounce it, and all of our guys come upfield. The backside linebacker, Aaron Beasley, and the backside corner, Kamal Haddon, make the tackle on this side of the field for a yard, for a two-yard, three-yard loss. That's and like, incredible. And in the pit, in the pit stands are booing because they're pet, they're pissed at Pat Narduzzi to not take a, a play action shot or do something besides run the ball. And it was just like this defense, like. We don't need an offense. We'll give you guys the ball every time. You're still not going to score on us. That shit. Yeah. I get I get goosebumps right now thinking about it. That shit eats me up, man. I love that. I love I that. I do too. Uh, all right. So third play, my favorite play. And this is – it's not part of play call because I think the play call can be okay in that moment. But the execution of that play call is what makes this my favorite play. And it's the Trey Flowers interception. So on this play, they bring up Jeremy Banks up over the center. They end up sending him and doing twists up front. So they send five. They are in cover one. Everybody's manned up with Trey Flowers back at safety. uh, Aaron Beasley does an amazing job of reading the situation, seeing that that running back is staying in the block. He's the guy I'm covering. I'm QB spy now. That's what I'm doing. As soon as the quarterback starts to roll out, he knows he's not coming back to this running back. He's not getting the ball. I'm going. He takes off uh, towards, what was the guy's name from USC, the transfer? Jordan Addison? Yeah. No, 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 the quarterback. Oh, Caden Slivey or whatever? Yeah. Slivey, whatever. Yeah. So he takes off. Hits him right when he throws the ball, putting immense pressure on him. He throws it up. It, you pan across. Kamal hadn't has been in man for the past five seconds. He is still draped on Buddy. He's still all over him. He tips ball up. Where exactly is Trey Flowers? In the perfect position as a safety on cover one. He is behind the defense. He is there for help. He comes up, makes the pick, makes an incredible body ca- like being able to control his body and get his feet in bounds. It was an overall, all-encompassing, great defensive play and such a momentum thing because they were driving. They were getting close. It was 427 in the first, third and 10 on the 21. We are down 10 at that moment. So they score again. I mean – it's not it's not looking great like how we're starting on offense it's like we can't let them get like a big lead on us right now 
So it was it was after a turnover on downs, I think, by us. So it was such an important time, and the the execution by our defense, I was just so impressed with. This this entire page of notes is all on that one play. It's incredible. That so, is that was that your favorite play? So it's no, that's one of my favorite play calls. Okay. So See, one that, of my so so two, was, so, so two of your favorite plays are two of my favorite play calls. So I'm going to re-talk about this again. But you explained it exactly how my notes, exactly how my notes. I mean, uh, and I'll just go ahead and jump in. I have cover one, one high safety man. I love that play call for so many reasons. I'll I'll wait. Let me I'll, let me say my my other third uh, favorite pl- play. Go ahead and then, say your favorite play, and then you can start with favorite play calls on that one. Yeah. Okay. So another one of my favorite plays. So I've, I've had the BY tackle for a loss. I've had Chase's 51-yarder. I love this play so much because it is just an absolute spit in Pat Narduzzi's face and the whole Pitt team's face is when, is when Tyler Barron with 21 seconds to go in the in, in the in the second quarter, right before halftime, they've stopped us. They're beating their chest. They're fired up. Pat's like, you know what? They got a high flying offense. I'll just send my offense out here who hasn't done literally they hadn't done shit except one run and one hurdle. And he thinks that he's gonna drive down on our defense, let's see, probably sixty-five something yards with twenty-one seconds and zero timeouts. Okay. Good good idea, dumbass. And I remember being pissed. Uh or I remember being excited. I was like, oh, I'm so happy he's going for this. This is going to backfire. And we we line up and we come, and Tyler Barron is an absolute menace. I'm watching it right now. He's over the center. He's over the center. He swims that center and whips him like it's nothing. So then the guard's there to pick him up because they're double teaming him, and he just keeps fighting through it. Now, he does have Amari Thomas on the stunt behind him, and so the center picks him up. So now it is one-on-one, and that guard can't stand in front of Tyler Barron. And Tyler Barron no. comes in. Not only does he make a sack, but he dumps Buddy on his head and punishes him. That's what you do when you get there. Punish his ass, and it's a forced fumble, and it leads to points. Are you freaking kidding me? That is that <laughs> Important is, points. Oh, Extremely. It, it makes us go up by a touchdown. Yeah. They go into the half because if their coach's mistake, and you can say, hey, he has faith in his off, on, his, on his offense and his team. Okay. Well, it was dumb to have faith in him on this point. 21 seconds and no timeouts. You really thought, think you're going when it when they got the ball, I thought, oh, they're going to knee it. You've already won. Take knee it and go into half. You you stopped us. What yeah. are you trying to do? You're not going to make it down. You're not even going to get field goal range with 21 seconds and no timeouts with your offense. It's just it's just not who your how your team's built. You don't oh, have yeah. to. And he lost his starting quarterback on that play. <laughs> Tyler Barron, absolutely, just man amongst boys. Team on his back says, "Hop right here, I'll lead you." Yeah, he said, "You know what? You know the I'm him moment." Yeah, the, uh, he's a dog. You know the Superman on your chest, Cam Newton. Whatever one of those you want to pick, that's who Tyler Barron was on this play. He picks Buddy up, he dummies him, and it's a forced fumble. Omari Thomas is right there on it. Tennessee goes out. We get a field goal. We actually took a shot right. that you know was picked off, and the guy was out of bounds. So I love us taking a shot, and I knew he was going to take a shot. You know, we you guys out of bounds. We get our field goal, and instead of being up four, we're up seven. We'll see it. We'll see in the third quarter. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was. I love it. That was massive. And like I said, Chase. The next points we got was another field goal by Chase. And it's like, if we don't get that turnover, 
game's not tied at the end of the day. Right. right. And we're not going to overtime. It's it's, so it's very crazy. Important. It's crazy. Right. So, so anyways, to 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 rehash, you know, so my favorite plays, like I said, be, Tyler Barron's uh, strip sack fumble right before halftime. Byron Young, basically at the end of the third, start of the fourth, tackle for a loss, and holds them out of the end zone, and then chases a uh, 51-yard field goal to put us up seven. And yours are? Mine are Trey Blitz sack in overtime on third, making it fourth and forever. Um, Brews tough first down in the fourth quarter, leading to that Chase McGrath field goal that eventually gave us the tying score. And then Trey Flowers' interception in the first half, coming back from a turnover on downs. It total team, like defensive team effort to make that happen. So that was definitely one of my favorite. There are there were plays where I was like, I don't know which one to put this on. Favorite yeah, play there- call or favorite play. So I, I totally get it. Um, yeah. But let's jump into the play calls, and you can start with that Trey Flowers' interception. And the reason – it obviously is one of my favorite plays, but the reason that I picked it as a favorite play call is because I loved what Tim Banks called in that situation. Now, you can have as many good play calls as you want. The team has to execute it, and it's so beautiful. It's like art to, to me and a lot of other people that love football, but when when defense is called and everyone does what they're supposed to and it works out the way it's supposed to, it's it's legitimately art. Like, I yeah. went back and watched this. I caught myself. I said, Reed, you just got to watch the game, pick your favorite plays. I caught myself still rewinding and watching plays over and over because I was just like, what a damn good play. But you can go to, you know, like I said, third, like you've already said, third and 10, four minutes, pit is 10-0. They're driving. They got all the momentum. They have all the momentum. Ball Freak is the absolute man. He puts all these on there. If you want to go and pull this game up, go to 26-52. It's where it is. And you watch it. And I watched this play 15 times probably. And and, and in those 15 times, I watched every person and what they did. Like you said, you know, it's cover one. I thought we did a damn good job. I noticed Tate McCullough probably three or four times throughout this game. He did such a good time, good job of disguising what coverage he was in and when he was coming and blitzing, he My did next it. Play has to do with that. <laughs> he, he did it. He did it really well, but we're, we're in one high. And so me, it's really funny as a defensive player, defensive minded guy, I've always liked, you know, I've always been a, Hey, if you can, let's get pressure with four. Let's sit back and cover three. Let's read and react and let's feast. I was always really nervous about blitzing teams because it's really cool to blitz. It's really cool to be Rex Ryan and you got, you know, two guys on this side, and you got seven on this side, and it works out and it looks cool, and they're talking about it on Sports Center. But a lot of blitzes, you can get burnt because oh, they yeah. bring a, you'll bring a blitz. And Pitt had a great play call on this later in the game where we brought a blitz, and they and they had a little screen dump right over. So that's what always used to scare me about teams that blitz because you live and die by it. It always really kind of worried me. Tim Banks, since I've watched him at the University of Tennessee the past two years, he has changed me into – we're going to bring the house, and if you beat us, you beat us fair and square. We're not going to sit back and wait. We're not going to sit. You know, he knew in this game that they were on a backup quarterback, and he said, I'm going to come after his ass, and if he beats us, then I got to fly home knowing, you know what, he beat us, tip his cap to him. I'm not going to sit back and let him pick me. After this game, we talked about it It, on every quarterback we faced after that. Like, Tim Banks is using the same thing. He's like, 
beat me with your arm, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Beat me with your arm, Jaden Daniels. Like that, that's what he was doing at, at almost every game. He's like, I'm going to blitz the shit out of you. And I need you to beat me with your arm. I need you to try and throw it because I that's don't trust your throwing. And that's what yeah, he did. I mean, it worked. He did. To, he did it to future Tennessee Titans Hall of Famer, Will Levis. <laughs> God. I honestly don't like, I'm like scared. That would be good because I don't want to well, root for him. And the and the thing is, is so I love John Jancic. I love John Jancic. First off, I love the entire Jancic family. They've been nothing but great, nice to me. John is one of the nicest people in the world, and I think he's a really good coach. But it's yeah. funny because some of those plays where it's like third and seventeen or third and whatever against Florida or fourth and whatever, and I'm not blaming on him because I, I I'm not sitting in the meetings. I'm not knowing what player messed up or didn't. But I was always like, I love this rush three, sit everybody back. Watch your zones, and we got we got burnt on it a couple of times. And but that's how I felt as a defensive minded person, as a fan. I'm like, I like that. Now with Tim Banks, I'm like, f it, man up, and let's fucking go. Let's bring the house. Let's you know. Yeah. So it's cover one. I I love that we're bringing the blitz. We're in man coverage because I felt like our man coverage, our corners and our safeties and our nickels could man up with them. But that little bit of Reed who gets a little nervous loves the fact that we have one high safety. So it's like we're not going balls to the wall blitzing. I still got one <laughs> just guy. Just engage eight. <laughs> I just I, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah we're not running engage eight. Everyone's coming. We got a little bit, but I also love it that we're doing a four down lineman. Jerry Banks is showing the a gap blitz. So is he coming? Is he dropping back? You know, where, where's your hot read? You know, which, hey, then, which which guard is he picking off? Right, and then it's and then our man coverage. I love this. Our man coverage. We got we got a man coverage at four or five yards, but it's on a tight end. So it's like I like that. You can be a little bit more aggressive. Then on the short side of the field, which is closer to the TV, we're in press because it's like mm-hmm. okay, that's the quarterback's backside. Let's get a little bit more aggressive. Does he really think he's going to turn and open and beat someone on the short side of the field? I say short side of the field because if they do want to take a shot on our man coverage, Trey Flowers, our one high safety, it's easier for him to get there than the wide side of the field. So then, um, you know, then we're eight, then we're eight nine yards on number two, which is like, you know what, I like that you know, you want to be a little bit more depth there because it's like you're almost at the sticks. So if he comes and runs right at you, you got a lot of space before he breaks your cushion. If he cuts one way or the other, then you're still at good distance to break on one. If he somehow does a climb route, then you're kind of there to almost wedge it with, with Trey Flowers as your safety. One's in front, one's behind. So I even loved all that where he had each, you know, alignment assignment, baby. And I loved all of his alignment with the DBs. Tank does a really, really good job. Um, of showing last minute because he looks like he's a high safety and then he walks up and he's playing man at six or seven yards. So it's like you yep. didn't know that he was going to be in man, which then lets the – I think that's one of the linebackers end up coming. But um, I have it right here. Beasley plays it perfect. He, you can see Beasley's eyes saying, I'm in man coverage against the back. And he watches it and he watches it. And the, me- the minute that he sees he's okay. staying in, he's going. And it's about the same time that – Slavis, Slavis, Slovis, whatever, starts rolling out to the right, and Beasley shoots his gun, absolutely closes closes ground, covers grass so quick. And you know what? I'm going to give a little kudos to those referees because those referees let us hit. That is true. And I did not think any of them were late, and I did not think any of them were 
uh, excessive and they didn't screw us by saying, Hey, this was excessive or he landed on him or all that bullshit. Like they let us, they let us play ball. And I appreciate that because it wasn't dirty. It, you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it just good. It no, was good. It, it was all ball. shoulder. It was, it was below the neckline. So like, no, it wasn't dirty at all, but I could see how someone would try and call it that way. Right. No. Yeah. These refs call everything sometimes. Yeah. Now, especially in the NFL where guys, throw their weight and they say oh you're landing on them with the weight i hate that crap so much hate it um so it's dumb. a great it's a great stunt with baron uh taking two and by coming underneath because that's uh tyler baron gets an absolute great push by loops around him and that's what pushes the slovis to run out and, and get out um kamal great coverage kamal hadn't had great coverage all day like i said all the dbs had great coverage all day um and that's a long time to be a man to marion with nice coverage uh, and then, like I said, for Trey Flowers, the fact that he was in the right spot, back mm-hmm. there, deep as the deepest, controlling the field. And I, you know, and I remember playing safety, you didn't want to be over aggressive, but when you would see a quarterback start rolling one way, you started shading that way. You know, I can't say, you know, I never played against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or one of these guys that can be here and throw all the way over here. So when you start seeing a quarterback like that, you can start shading and taking away half that field, and he does it perfectly. He goes up, he catches it with his hands, he gets his feet down, and I've said it before on the, the pod when we broke it down. I texted my group, and I said, guys, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I said, but I think that's going to be one of the biggest plays of the season slash first half of the season because that's the momentum change that we needed. Yeah, huge. It was massive. Um, not trying to be dramatic. <laughs> no. But it was. was, I mean, it it worked out to where it was as big as we thought it could be. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So one of mine favorite play calls is with 537 left in the second, Pitt goes for it on fourth down. So set a little context. We had just – we have scored the past two times we've been out there. It is now 14 to 17. Pitt is driving. This is a 10-play drive. This, this is the 10th play. They're going for it on fourth and three. We send a blitz with Wesley Walker off the edge. The disguise of this blitz was incredible. First off, they had safety a good 15, 20 yards back from Wesley. So it, it in no way, like even if me as a tackle, left tackle, what I would have thought Wesley was coming on that blitz. It was part of my job as a tackle to look. Was that DB covered? Is there a guy to take over this this defender? There's nobody there. Safety is way far back. There's no way you're thinking that. But they disguised it so well. End up being in a cover two zone with uh, Beasley trying to run all the way over and cover. it. On the other side, Tank being way, way up. Then all of a sudden, ball snaps. He sprints back. He's into the back zone cover. The play call in that situation, knowing it's fourth and three, knowing they're going to go for something quick, but I believe in Wesley Walker getting there, disguising it so, so, so well. I mean, the execution of the disguise is incredible by those guys. Wesley coming, finishing off, getting the sack on fourth down, and then we get the ball again, score for the third straight time at touchdown, get the first lead of the game, and we never lose a lead. We just end up tying towards the end. Like, such a huge moment, such a good execution of everything. 
the the movement after the snap of the ball to get into the right position, it I would just I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so great in the moment and in such a huge moment for our defense and the fact that Tim Banks is like, hey, screw that, I'm blitzing, like I'm blitzing every single time because a lot of people are like, let's play it safe, let's rush for, let's drop in the zone, let's you know. Heels on the first down line. Let's try and prevent this from happening. But Tim's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go get a sack. Well, so besides even the fact that he called the blitz, it's the blitz that he called. It's bringing a guy, bringing a fast guy. And I'm saying that because, it, you know, it's not necessarily a linebacker. You know, they did they did a little stunt. And I did not pick that play. I loved it. I got super fired up when it happened. I loved the play call. But the reason I did not pick it is because – there was still an open gap, I felt like, of two people. Now, the fact that I think that we had gotten home so many times that we had really we had really rattled him, uh, you know, when he was a quarterback. I felt like he had a shot to throw the slant quick and early. Now, he would have had to throw it and kind of almost it stop it. It would have been a really good throw because no, I no, think no. Tamarian was on that side. No, no, it was Roman. No, no, this is, this is Roman Harrison who had dropped back on the right side. So – if you take a snap, Tamarian comes from his backside because I watch his play a bunch. And the reason I didn't put it as one of my favorite plays is because there was actually two opportunities. But it worked out because, like I said, fast guy, someone going to yeah. close a lot of ground and get there. But it was also someone coming from his backside. And so when he says hike, you see him turn. And I really feel like he has the slant, but he's going to have to throw it low. And he's going to have to throw it almost a little bit behind the the receiver so that it stops yeah. his momentum. It's like – if I'm a if I'm a receiver, pop, 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 turn and cut, and instead of coming here and getting blasted, he's going to throw me kind of back here, which is routine. I mean, it sounds like what I'm saying, like, oh, Reed Raskin a lot. No, like people can do that. There's some high school receivers and quarterbacks that can do it, but he doesn't. He doesn't throw it. And then he tries to work, and by the time he's trying to work to his second one, which is the tight end who was open for a minute, he gets he blasted. Was. He gets blasted. So it's like I love the play call. We got a little lucky. And that's why I didn't put it on there, but it was still fantastic, and it was a massive, massive play. That's listen. Just, I when love you're sending a blitz. When you're sending a blitz, you almost count on the fact that a guy's not going to be covered. Yeah, you and you're going to get there first. You're right. You're right. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. So I don't. I don't take that as like a diminished part of it. I take it as like you took a calculated risk that I'm going to get there before you notice that the guy is open. Fair. F totally fair. And that's point. what he did. It honestly, in the way you're arguing it, it, it means your argument is better because it's like, Reed, we took a calculator risk and it worked out. I'm knocking him because I feel like the player didn't see it. And you're like, well, no, that's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to get there. That's yeah, exactly like, yeah, that's it, what I want. <laughs> and, that, and that's fair. Okay. So for me, um, one of my favorite plays is that Josh Heupel does not overthink things. I absolutely love the man for this. There's so many times I've seen it, and I just want to go grab his big head self and give him a nice little big old wet kiss right on his big old chunky cheeks because I'm like, you know what? You don't – football Football does not have to be all this brainiac, all this X's and O's that are so high level. Like, bro, just do something simple. And you know what's simple? When it's third and nine, when it's third and five, when it's third and whatever, and you just want to get a matchup with your best player, just do it. And earlier in the game, it was like third, seven, third, and eight, and he spreads Cedric way out wide. 
It's one-on-one coverage, and it's a slant, and we need this third down bad. And it hits said in his chest, and he doesn't catch it. Okay, come back. After the Trey Flowers interception, it's still zero, we're still zero to ten. We have the momentum. We got to capitalize on the momentum. We come and it's third and three, and it is three twenty-seven in the first. You know, the total yards. Matter of fact, they have it right here because I've got the play pause on the iPad. It's one hundred forty-four yards to R fifty-five. It's third and three. It's like, hey, if Pitt makes a stop here, they get off field. That kind of interception was for nothing. So what does he do? Coach Heupel says, I'm going to go to my best player again in a one-on-one matchup, or I'm going to put him in a one-on-one matchup, because this time they're in zone. They're not necessarily in man, or if they're in man, it was kind of like the way it was designed, I'll explain in just a second. So, like I said, first time he tried to do it, he lines him way out wide, gives us a lot of field to work a slant. It should be really easy. Hendon makes the throw. It bounces off his chest. So now he brings Cedric all the way in. Set is maybe three yards outside the tackle and a two yards outside of Princeton Fant, who's a step behind um, Darnell Wright. And he oh, sees is this the, the corner team. out. Yes, it's it's basically it's yes. basically this was on my list. Yeah, it's basically like a, it's basically like a smash concept, but yeah. just for a, for a different formation. And so it looks like they're playing man because it looks like there's a corner over set. If they are playing man, the play still works. Because it's an it's an out route. So even if that corner is outside shade, as long as said stems him once inside and you can get him to open up his hips, then said yep. can still get underneath him and get outside. Like I said, you have a lot of field to work with. You have one of your best players in a lot of field. You have your quarterback with, hey, you're gonna have a lot of room here to adjust to where how he breaks off, where you're gonna make the placement of the ball. So it's just all smart stuff of just don't overthink it. And he mm-hmm. does it, and it you know they snap it. He comes off the line of scrimmage. He realizes it's, I it, it is zoned, and so the corner does not get a the corner does not get a hand on said. Said gets a free release, and he absolutely takes off at the at the at the safety like he's supposed to do. You want to take off and run like you're going to run through him to make him get nervous because his cushion's broken, and you want him to open up his hips because once he opens up his hips, then you can go which way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Prince Defant comes off, does a nice job. The, the linebacker actually gets hands on Princeton. The corner is now watching him. Princeton turns really nicely done. So the corner has to sit. And right when the corner sits, it's like the smash concept. He sits. There it is. Throw. You got a lot of room with big body Cedric in front of, meaning he broke it off where the safety's behind him. So the safety's either going to have to try to big hit him when yep. the ball gets there. He's going to have to pass interference him, or he's going to try to have to lunge around him. And if he misses – then there's no one to make the game saving tackle or the touchdown saving tackle. So I fucking love that play call because it's in a spot where you really need it. You want to keep the yeah. home in and he doesn't overthink it. He says, give me all the field, give me two of my best players and we're going to pick on you, you know, save your corner pit. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, like it is almost one of the more simpler things he could do. Like a smash <laughs> concept is not new. Like no. Everyone knows what it is, but he's like, Hey, guess what? It's third and three. I'm going to run this little out route with Fant in this corner. It's going to think I'm going there because I only need three yards. I'm going to hit him over top. My my main guy, the guy I depend on the most, the guy that my quarterback loves the most, that's who I'm going to get open for this play. So, yeah, I agree with you. I thought I thought it was great. I put it on my list. I was like, oh, I might want to put this down. But 
I, I, I remember I remember watching the game. And when we did it the first time and the slant went down complete, I said, damn. So what else can you ask for? You got a coach that tries to get it to his best player. Like I said, in the little things. He doesn't just say, hey, said, go to the numbers. Cedric's basically on the outside of the numbers. He can high-five the damn sidelines because he's so far wide. And it's because he's giving him – he's giving his player a lot of room to work, and he's giving the quarterback a lot of room to make the throw, whether it needs to be out a little bit, low, behind – whatever you need to do. It's just it's just smart football. And when he dropped it, I said, hey, you know what? He dropped it. That sucks. But I respect what you're doing with it, Coach Hype. And then next drive and he does this shit, and I said, you're a genius, bro. I said, that's – I said, because you're – the reason he's a genius is, like you said, the smash concept's been around forever. It's not too big though for him. It's like okay, I'm gonna do the smash concept my own little way. Yeah, it, it's 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 beautiful, man. It's friggin' awesome. Beautiful. All right, your next. Um, one. All right, so my next play technically didn't even happen in the game, but it is second play of overtime, quarterback outside zone. We end up getting a holding call, Gerald Mincy. but the absolute nuts to call that play in overtime, not even a hint of it throughout the game. They did, they did one little concept where Hinton might've thrown it. Didn't, didn't do it anywhere else in the season. Like, wasn't like before that moment, it wasn't called. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Let me call this bad boy up. It is perfect because Pitt is not expecting it at all. They're in the same 11 formation that they're always in with tight end in the backfield, one running back where they can run their inside zone, they can run their counters, which they've been doing all day, just over and over and over. What does Pitt think's coming? Exactly that, inside runs, in between the tackles. And then they take off towards the short side of the field Three incredible blocks. Brew coming in, getting to uh, uh, safety. Uh, Jacob pulling around, getting to linebacker. Jabari pulling around, getting to the corner that was covering Brew. And Hendon taking it all the way to the house. It was, I absolutely loved the play call. I thought it was perfect timing for that call. It was something so unexpected that it's like, I'm taking advantage of this moment. Like there's like I am in control of this moment. This defense is not controlling what I do. I'm controlling what we do and how we're going to score. And it's like proof that we deserve to win this ball game. That we scored twice in order to win this ball game. It 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 was such a oh wow oh wow like hold on what are we doing? And even on the broadcast, the way they did it, they they didn't have a wide view when the ball was snapped. So when the ball was snapped, it was zoomed in on Hendon. So you really didn't know what was going on. They went back to the wide view, and then you're like, hold on a second. Like, was this a play breakdown? Like, when you're watching it live, you're like, wait a second. And him taking that around the edge, like, I thought that's so great because you know Hypel introduced that play, like, fourth, fifth day of spring ball. These guys have been practicing it for months and have no idea if they're ever going to use it. And then he's just like, hey, guess what? Second play of overtime. <laughs> now we're using it. After after he struggled for an entire half to get anything going, he's not going to use that play. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Finally use it. It's just like you, you such get, a great timing of the play call. 
you have to wait. You just because it's a good play and a good play call doesn't mean that you can just use it in any certain circumstance. Like he exactly. waited for the right moment. And the other thing that's so beautiful about that is you gain a you gain a player. You gain an extra blocker. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the whole thing about football is mismatches and you want to pick on this guy or you're going to play a two-on-two game. Like, you know, like we said on that last one, we went three-on-two or technically three-v-three. We had our quarterback, a receiver, and a tight end versus their linebacker, safety, and corner, and we won it. We won that We won that little matchup. But, you know, on a little thing like that, instead of handing off, he said, no, like, Hendon's a really good runner. I like this side of the field. Like, you know, instead of handing off to the running back and Hendon standing there, like, no, we'll let Jabari block. So finally, for me, I'm going back to the play that you've already mentioned as one of your favorite plays. And the reason I picked it as one of my favorite play calls is because of, of how it was designed. And, you know, you come up and it's two by two. So you got two wide receivers on the left, two wide receivers on the right. You know, Jalen has had a nice little game up to this point where he's hitting a lot of these little dinks and dunks, catching mm-hmm. all that stuff. They all They have to be worried about him because of his speed. It's third and nine, and he, the, he. I feel like he wants to get the defense looking at not only the speedster, but the wide side of the field. Like, hey, this offense, they like to play in space. Like, we're going to have to really worry about this wide side. The other reason that I put this as one of my favorite play calls is because he's already gone to said multiple times. He's gone to yeah. said on the slant on third down. He's gone to said on the smash. He's gone. He later goes on this drive to said on a comeback route on third down you know, to the wide side of the field. So it's like, okay, and you watch it, you know, they line up. It's like I said, they got the two by two, one back to the right side. You know, uh, it, they're trying to show blitz, Pitt is, and then here you go, you bring Jalen in motion and he kind of stops and he's right. Now he's like right next to, to uh, and, and, and Jalen had gotten hit like four or five, six times of just short, little that's what i'm saying out to the side like it was very much like this is how we're going to hit jalen hyatt (laughs) right and the thing is about this play is he brings him in motion and he doesn't just stay in motion he brings him in motion to come stand next to him like another running back and then he does the motion again after he stopped so they've had to watch him they think okay he's back at running back no now they're going to motion him again basically as they're snapping the ball and it's kind of setting up you know, one of these little, you see him all the time, your two receivers on the outside, go up and block, and we're going to throw our running back or our receiver out to the right. We're going to throw it to him. It's going to block. If you remember, earlier in the game, we ran that exact same play, except we did not have a receiver motion. All we did was the two guys outside blocking, and we ran a swing route to Jabari. So Pitt's seen this play once. Maybe, and now maybe the, play, the first play of, our, of the game. Maybe, maybe first or second. And so yeah. now they're saying, now it's another little wrinkle. It's like, hey, we've seen this before, but this time they're doing a play action to that running back, and they're going to try to get it to Jalen. So you're thinking as a defensive back, like, okay, I see you, I see you, Hypo. You're trying to play games here. Like, I've seen this play, but you're trying to add a wrinkle. No, nah, they throw, they do it. And I love, I love that Hendon opens, pumps it, and then there's a guy kind of coming and showing, and he immediately turns and comes to backside one-on-one, Mono Imano, you got another big receiver in Brew who's a good hands catcher who you can trust. And Hendon turns, delivers the ball, great shot. Brew works his way back to the ball, catches it basically right at the sticks, but not a first down. And if you see it, the corner plays this really well. The corner is basically right there with him. He has a chance to make the tackle, and he doesn't wrap up. He comes in and kind of hits Brew, doesn't wrap up, and Brew breaks the tackle. 
He comes back a step or two, catches his feet, puts his foot in the ground. Fortunately, he doesn't go out of bounds. And then he starts driving forward. The corner has a second opportunity to make the tackle on Brew. Yep. Still, still a yard and a half, two yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, behind the first down. He breaks a tackle. He puts one of those hands down on the ground and gets up and gets another four or five yards. And you can see it on the sideline how important this was to the coaches and the players. Yeah. Not only because of how – Man, that momentum. They all get juiced. They all get fired up. The coaches realize how important it is that it's third and 19. It's in the fourth quarter of the game. We need to get some momentum going. And then you see the other players get jacked up and excited because of the individual performance. Mm-hmm. So the coaches are excited because of the individual performance too. But I think they just, you know, the play call work, we love it, but all the players are getting juiced because they're like, come on, bro, like that's some dog shit. Let's go. It's yeah. beautiful. It was beautiful. And that that's why it's my, you know, the third one I picked for favorite play call. And then of course, classic Josh Heupel right here. He's already got the he's already got the thing up like this, already calling in the second play, and Bruce just now getting off the field. Or getting yeah. up, get up off the field. Classic. Um, all right. So my last, and I I think this is my favorite. Um, and I'm very surprised that you didn't say this one or mention this one, but it's the pop pass to Jacob Ward. Oh. Yeah, I had it. it was, I mean, this is this is always one of my favorite plays because it is so deadly. It was my fourth. It was honorable mention. Yeah, it is such a deadly play in general that I love it so much. This is the first that we're seeing it of the year. This is also the 14th pass of the game. This is the 14th pass of the game. Every pass before that was outside. It was hitches. It was out routes. It was screened. Everything out, 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 out. The first thing we do in the middle of the field is a play action pop pass to the tight end. In no way, shape, or form would Pitt's defense be expecting that. So it is incredible. We uh, just missed the touchdown the play before. <laughs> I can see you taking the picture of Andy. She looks <laughs> I can so pretty. see it on the iPad. Continue. Um, it was literally the play after a missed touchdown to Jalen where his foot was just out of bounds. Barely. It's the next play. It's, Hey, we're still going for this. We're still, we're still trying to get to a touchdown. It ends up being the first touchdown of the game. It is the drive after the Trey flowers interception. So it is taking advantage of a turnover, turnover that we got there's pressure in Hendon's face and he still delivers the ball. It's it's the linebackers fall for the fake just enough to get Jacob open. Jacob drags the dude like seven yards to get down to the goal line. I really thought like, oh yes, Jacob scored. Like I was so excited for him. We end up scoring the next play. But to call that play on the yard line, we're on the 25-yard line, second and 10. It's a perfect position. It's a great timing. I just I absolutely love pop passes. I think they're one of the most underutilized plays. And to call it in that moment, it just it it was it was just incredible. We're down 10. We need a score. They're just like holding us. We haven't had anything on offense. We get a huge momentum turnover. It's like take advantage of this. So and we finally do. One of the other, and you didn't say this, and that's okay. But the other reasons I love that play so much. Is because if you notice that in on uh, it's like a second and ten, 
second and 11, second and 12. Maybe we lost some yards on first down. Josh will run it because he knows, hey, yeah. I, want, I want to get a manageable third down. You know, some teams, if they lose yards on first down, they're like, oh, shit, I got to throw it twice just to get these yards back. No, Josh will run it on second down because he's like, okay, let's make it a little bit manageable more throw on third. And he does it a lot on third and 11, 12, or third and eight when he goes, I'm going to go for it on fourth. So let me run in here and get three yards. And instead of having fourth and eight, I got I got fourth and five. And, and so listen, I, if you're a team playing Josh Heupel and he's between the 50 and the 30, you better be expecting four down territory. Like, He's going for it on fourth down. Yeah, and that means he's probably going to run it on third or yeah, or run it on second to set up an easier third if he's not in that in that zone. So that's why I loved it. I also loved it against what Pitt's defense was in. Is they were, you know, Pitt was playing real aggressive like we were. You know, they wanted to man us up. up on the outside. They want to man up on the outside, so we're going to take deep shots. We're going to we're going to keep testing you because we believe if you test us with man coverage and we're going to throw five of them, we're going to catch three of them, and two of them will probably be touchdowns. And so they had this safety really up on the line of scrimmage to help with a run. And so all this has to be is that we're doing a play action, and the only two people that have to have their eyes in the wrong spot, well, really only one person, is the safety. And he looks, and the linebacker also sees Jacob coming at him and thinks that he's about to get, you know, blocked, you know, a little, like, mm-hmm. second-level pickup. So the linebacker looks, and by the time that he sees Jacob coming at him, but then Jacob puts his foot in the ground and starts working behind him, it's too late to turn, and he can't yeah. turn enough. So it's another one of those things. It's football. There's 11 people on the field, but but Hype only has to take advantage of one, one and a half, two of them for his play to work. And 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 Jacob ran the route beautiful. Like he came off, yeah. made it look like he was just going to kind of block down and then he worked his way up. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's not about all the cuts and the quick feet and all that kind of stuff on a route. Sometimes it's literally just being a great actor. Yeah. Acting like you are going for a blocker, acting like I'm running a dig. It's just like making him believe it then taking advantage. So I just love it. I love when Jacob gets the ball. He's my boy and it's just like that that had to have been like one of my favorite plays. Fantastic. You know, we went a lot, a lot, lot longer than I was hoping on this one because I was hoping this would be, you know, like 35 to 45, maybe 50 minutes. So people would be like, oh, this is, you know, I feel like if you just did it on your own and it was a 15 minute and I did it on my own for 15 minutes, like a lot of people would view it because it's not that long. And I hope they don't see that it's an hour and 15 or 20 and it'll probably even a little bit longer because I'm assuming you're going to put the plays in that we talk about. And so mm-hmm. – I just hope that people watch this because I think this, as a fan, I would want to listen to someone talking about favorite plays, play calls. So, anyways, fun one to do. I had a feeling we might go a little over. (laughs) We get a little technical. Anyways, it was a fun one to do. Uh, As you notice, I'm wearing your hoodie, uh, repping it. (laughs) Thanks for the hoodie. Um, I love this. Great on you. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, man. Great pod. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. Uh, If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all those listening platforms. It really helps us out. Uh, Also, follow us on social media. Um, So, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account, and at pancakes and bacon underscore rti on instagram uh for reed it's at rbacon26 on twitter 
And for myself, it's at Kyler Curbison on all social media. So you can find me there. Um, really appreciate you guys. Uh, you're the best. You're the reason this thing keeps on going. So uh, as always, go Vols.